Like Rachel said, I'm an alumni here. I graduated back in 2017, and I served on the worship team here. I played drums. I played a lot with Adam. I actually met my best friend through this campus ministry, and now we're leading worship together at Traders Point Christian Church out of Indy. Um, yeah, CSF, like coming back here, it feels like home. You know, it's like, this is the place. This is like where I learned about community. This is where I learned about the grace of God, the mercy of God. Um, the first time being involved in like a small group and what that looks like, a small group with people my age where we were able to get real and raw with one another about our struggles, about our shortcomings, but also receive the grace of God in that. And just having people coming alongside of me to support me, to push me, um, I seriously wouldn't be who I am without this place. Um, Adam believed in me when no one else did. Um, Aaron, his wife, has been like a huge disciple in my life. She discipled me. We like do lots of meetings together. Um, I was actually here when Ben was here um, and Caitlin and seeing them like get together at a retreat and now seeing they're married with a kid is it's awesome. Um, I've seen Hannah at like retreats that we would go on and they would be there. So yeah, this is definitely home. It looks different now. Like I don't know anyone here besides a select few, but I'm just super encouraged to see that you guys are here and that you're still going after the Lord, that you still have a place to call home, to grow in your relationship with God, no matter what your background is. And so I just want to encourage you guys to, man, make this place home. This is your home. This is your community. This is your family. So lean into that, press into that, and then take it out onto your campus. So you guys are in a series called All In. And so I was like, all right. So um, Adam gave me a topic. And so I'm going to be in Matthew 22 tonight, if you guys want to turn there. Probably should turn there too, right? <laughs> oh, man. And so, my question to you tonight is what does it mean and look like for you to be all in for Jesus? Uh, remembering that Jesus paid the price, He went to the cross, He died a brutal death just for you and I to have grace, for you and I to have redemption, for you and I to have victory in him. And the most important thing, he did it because he loved us. I mean, like he gave his only son for us so that we could be here right now, so we can be in this space, to be in community, like God did that for us. And so like, what does it look like to be completely surrendered to God? Like the video said, not being like partially in, but being completely all in, your mind, body, heart, and soul, all in for Jesus Christ. Does it mean giving up some things? Does it mean getting rid of some toxic friendships? Um, does it mean being unpopular? Because let's be real, being a Christian nowadays is the very unpopular opinion, correct? Um, like you get judged harshly because you're a Christian or people like, oh, they're, they're just going to judge me when that's not even the truth. And so there has been a lot of times where Christians have gotten a bad rep because we didn't represent Jesus well. So maybe this is the time, this is the generation that is able to represent Jesus well 
and to be all in for Christ and to really live a life surrendered to him, a holy life, an acceptable life, blameless. And so when Jesus went to the cross, you're a new creation. You know, like you're seen as righteous, you're seen as pure, you're seen as holy because of Jesus. And so when God looks at you, he don't see your sin. He don't see your shortcomings. He don't see your shame. He don't even see your past. God could care less about that. What he sees is you right now, and every time he sees you, he sees his son Jesus shining bright through you. Um, what does it mean to follow God for the very first time? I don't know your stories. I don't know your backgrounds, but I would take a guess that there may be some of you in here who are all in for Jesus. There may be some of you who are halfway in. Um, there may be some of you who just like, I don't know about this Jesus thing. And guess what? That's okay. Because Jesus came directly for you. The one who hasn't fully accepted him yet. The one who has the questions of like, who has the doubts, like how do I believe in someone that I don't even see? You know, it's so easy to believe in things that we can see, right? But when it's like something that you can't see, something you can't grasp or hold on to physically, it's hard to believe in that. But that's where the faith comes in. That's where the grace comes in. And Jesus, he's a real person. And I know he's in heaven right now, but he gave his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is literally living on the inside of you. Like you literally have Jesus on the inside of you when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Um, so does it mean giving up drinking or partying or sex? I mean, we're on the college campus, and to be real, like, there are temptations, right? You're tempted on every hand about going to this place or that place. So being all in for Jesus, you have to give up those things. And I know it's hard, but, man, I tell you, it is so, so worth it. And what I do know is that God is knocking on the door of your heart. And he's just saying, just let me in. Just let me love you. Let me care about you. Let me heal the brokenness. Let me heal the hurt. Let me heal the pain. Jesus is literally standing at the door knocking because he wants you. Not some of you. He wants all of you because you guys are his sons and daughters. And I'm his daughter as well. Like we're a family, a family of Jesus. And so let's go ahead and jump into Matthew 22. And it says, once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out his slaves to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other slaves and said, tell those who are invited, look, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered. And everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the other seized his slaves, treated them outrageously, and killed them. The king was enraged, so he sent out his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told his slaves, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those ladies went out, to the roads, went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. But when the king came in to view the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, 
How did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. And then jump down to verse 37. He said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so the fact of the matter is Jesus is inviting you to his banquet. You have a seat at his table, a seat specifically for you. When you either give your life to Jesus or in the process of being offered Jesus, you became part of his family. So there is room for you. The question is, will you accept the invitation? And my prayer tonight is that you do. Hebrews 4 and 7 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. And so some backstory about this story is that in this culture, two invitations were expected when banquets were given. And the first invitation asked the guests to attend the banquet. And then a second invitation announced that all was ready. And so in this particular story, the king invited his guests three times. And each time they rejected his invitation. And so my question is, how many times have you rejected Jesus' invitation? I think it's so easy to get, up in, to get caught up in society and the cares of this world, the popular culture, that we reject Jesus. Even as Christ followers, we sometimes reject Jesus as well. We reject him when we don't speak up. We reject him when he asks us to share the gospel with someone on campus or someone at the grocery store, and we don't. We reject him when he asks us to pray for someone or speak to someone, and we don't. We reject him when we hear people around us talking about Jesus, saying he isn't real, etc., and we don't speak up. We are rejecting him because we are ashamed of him. If we're not ashamed of Jesus, if we're not ashamed of the gospel, then why don't we speak up? Why don't we share this good news with every person that we've seen? Or like if you see someone on campus who's just down or discouraged or hopeless, like what do you do? And like those who aren't on college campuses, but it may be a grocery store or a park or whatever the case may be, like what do you do? And so either do you talk to this person? Do you help this person? Do you pray for this person? And so if that's not your answer, can I encourage you to begin to open up your eyes, to see the hurting around you, to see the broken around you, and minister to them. Just like Jesus is your hope, the world needs hope, this campus needs hope, because we're living in a world where there's nothing but darkness, right? There's like social media, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, and all this like comparison or feeling down and depressed or like, the lies that aim like you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not intelligent enough, you're not skinny enough. So like all these lies, the enemy is constantly throwing at us. So the world needs hope. And guess what? That hope is in you. So my call to you is go and spread the hope of Jesus to everyone that you see. And so God wants us to join him at this banquet, which means eternity. And God wants us to invite others into this realm of eternity. 
it was customary for wedding guests to be given wedding clothes to wear to the banquets. And so it's unthinkable to refuse to wear these clothes. And so that's why in verse 13, the man who didn't wear the clothes was thrown out. The man who didn't wear the clothes honestly represents those who reject the Lord, those who choose not to follow him, who choose not to accept the invitation and continue to live this life of sin apart from God. And so the second part of this verse describes hell. It said, and hell is a real place. Heaven is a real place. And so hell, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. And that's exactly what was in Scripture in Matthew. And so when we choose not to follow the Lord, when we choose to live in this life of sin, and it's like, God, I'm not going to listen to you. Nope, I'm enjoying partying too much. I'm enjoying drinking too much. I'm not ready yet. But man, what if you died the next day after you party? Where are you going to spend eternity? It's a hard reality, right? It's a hard thing to think about. But seriously, guys, I don't, I can't stretch it enough. Like, give your life to Jesus because he's worth it. And this world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's all in the Bible. There's destruction in the land. There's all these things happening. And we got to be ready. We got to be ready for the banquet. We got to be ready for the bridegroom, which is Jesus. And so I'm not saying that everyone's going to be saved because there are people who are just going to flat out reject Jesus. But the blood won't be on your hands. So who are you rubbing shoulders with on campus? Who are you rubbing shoulders with in your classroom or on a Zoom call? Who are you rubbing shoulders with um, in the cafeteria or in the commons? Like, those people need Jesus. And we are ambassadors. Like, ISU is literally our war ground. It's the battleground. And we have to come in ready, armored up, just fighting against the rulers of darkness. You know, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so on our campus, there's a lot of wickedness. There's a lot of things happening that shouldn't be happening. And so we got to be armored up because if we aren't armored up, we're going to fall into the temptation. We will fall into the trap. So we have to be careful. We have to be mindful. And so back to like the wedding clothes, like the ones who wore the wedding clothes are those who accepted the invitation, those who accepted Jesus. And, and with that, they're going to live eternity with Jesus. They're going to be in heaven where the streets are paved with gold, where there's the pearly white gates. And it's just like when you accept Jesus as your savior, he, like I said earlier, he no longer sees your sin. He no longer sees your shame. He no longer sees your past because he doesn't care about that. When you accept Jesus, you're made a new creation. The old thing has passed away, and behold, all things become new. When you accept Jesus, there's like a baptism that happens, right, where it's like a watery grave, where you're like dying to your old self, your old way of thinking, your old way of living, and you're being raised up anew in Christ. And no, that doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. No one's perfect. We're going to fall short. But we have to get back up time and time and time again. Because God is with us. He's our helper. And the Holy Spirit that's within us is our comforter, who's able to help us to say no to temptations, who's able to convict us when we do the wrong things. 
And so our journey with Jesus is not always easy. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be roses and rainbows. It's hard living for Jesus, especially in the society that's happening right now. But man, it's worth it. And the people around you need Jesus. They need the hope of glory. They need redemption. They need restoration. And I know a lot of times we have like a jaded view of Jesus because of maybe what our parents did or maybe because of what we went through. We may have had an absent father or an absent mother. So we see God as this person who hates us, who doesn't like us, who doesn't love us. Or we find ourselves in this mindset where we have to constantly strive and do something good in order for God to do something good for us. But that isn't the truth. Jesus loves you simply because he loves you. He cares about you simply because he cares about you. Like, you don't have to strive. You don't have to do everything right. He just wants you. His sons and daughters. And then verse 36 and 37 says, Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your spirit. And that just like this place of surrender that I'm giving God all of me and I'm going to love him. And guess what? Not only does God want you to love him, he wants to love you back. There's a relationship that happens when we give our lives to Jesus. And there's a love that he wants to give to you. And so the more we seek him, the more we're growing intimacy with the Lord. The more he speaks to us, the more he loves us, the more he cares about us, the more he speaks the truth. And so the lies that come won't be able to taint our minds because we're focused on Jesus, the one true king, the living God. So there's a calling in our lives. And not only are we to love Jesus, we are to love our, our neighbors. And look around. These are your neighbors. The people you're in the classroom with, they're your neighbors. The people in the dining hall, they're your neighbors. No matter how jacked up they may be, they're still your neighbors, and you still have to love them. And sometimes it's hard to love people, right? Just like, mm-mm. You know, like people who treat you wrong, like, uh-uh. I don't want to love this person, but we're called to do it. And so, my encouragement, let's be all in for Jesus. He's worth it. He died to death because he loved you and he wants you. So, your past is gone, your mistakes is gone, your sins is gone. All he sees is purity, all he sees is righteousness, all he sees is love. Because that's the Jesus we serve. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good shepherd. He's our provider. He's our healer. So if you're dealing with sickness in your body, pray to Jesus. He's able to heal you. He's able to heal your family. I've seen him do miracles time and time again. Like, I just saw a miracle on Tuesday. Yesterday, I was in ministry school, and there was a girl who, um, who had a twisted spine. And she had, like, this intense back pain. She couldn't, like, bend her neck. But she believed Jesus. And Jesus completely healed this, this girl. And she was blown away, blown away by it. I was blown away by it. Like, she was able to bend. She was able to move. She was able, she's like, there's no pain. I, I even saw her legs grow out. Like, that's crazy, right? But that's, that's normal for Jesus. There's nothing too big for Jesus. Like, he wants to heal you. He wants the hard stuff because he's a good father. He's a good shepherd. He cares for you. 
He's your provider. He's able to meet every need that you have. So what is your need? What do you need from the Lord? Tell him. And you can be vulnerable with him. You can be like, God, this is, this is happening, that is happening. You can even yell at God, and he's like, I'll take it. You can be angry at God, and he's like, I'll take it. Because that's just who he is. He's able to take the hard stuff. But he just want to love you. And so that's all I had to say tonight, that man, Jesus just wants to love you. He just wants to care about you. He just wants to heal you. He wants you to experience breakthrough. He wants to break the chains. He wants to break and destroy the yokes off of your life. You don't have to be tangled up in bondage anymore. You don't have to be tangled up in sins. You don't have to be tangled up in your past. You don't have to be tangled up in toxic relationships, toxic friendships. Like God wants to free you from all of that. And you can walk in total freedom and liberation, Jesus, because I did. I have a tattoo that says free indeed which is my testimony of whom the son sets free is free indeed because God brought me out of a dark pit. He broke the chains of depression and anxiety off of my life. He broke the chains of suicidal thought off of my life. He broke the chains of the sexual abuse that I experienced, the fornication that I was in. Like he broke all of that. And it's simply because I said yes to Jesus. Simply because I surrender my all to Jesus. Because I'm like, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I don't know where else to go. I don't know who else to turn to. But all I know is I need you, Jesus. And he came and cleaned everything up. He came and completely healed my heart from the molestation, from being raped. Like God completely healed me. And guess what? That healing is for you too. Whatever the hurt is, whatever the pain is. I had an absent father. He wasn't in my life, and God healed me from that. And my father actually passed away this year in April. And that was hard, but God walked with me through the hard stuff, and God completely transformed my mind. So that's why I'm here, to let you know the same freedom that I experience is available for you. The same love that I get from the Lord is available to you. It's up to you to let him in. So will you accept the invitation? Let us pray. Jesus, you're good. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for your students. God, every last one of them, God, you see them as beautiful. You see them as chosen. God, you said in your word that many are called, but few are chosen. But Lord, I believe the students in here are chosen and handpicked by you. So, Lord, I pray for just transformation in their hearts. I pray for transformation in their minds. God, whatever they have before you, God, I pray that you will answer every need. God, that you will grant every request. Lord, I just pray that every chain um, that may be over their lives, God, I pray they will just be completely broken. God, whatever barriers cause them to not be all in for you, God, I pray that you'll break the barriers. God, I pray that every wall, God, that is around their hearts that doesn't need to be, God, that you would just break the walls, God, that you will soften the hearts, God. I pray that they would just know how much you love them, how much you care about them, God, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image, God. I pray, Lord, that they would just be ambassadors for your kingdom, that they will go out on the campus, God, and compel people to come to you, that they would share the good news, that they would share the hope of glory, which is you, Jesus. You came, God, for the sinner. You came for the person that's on campus who is smoking weed, drinking, or falling to sin. God, you came exactly for that person, Lord. And you came for every person up in this building tonight. And so, God, we thank you for choosing us. 
And so, God, I just pray for freedom to be in this house. God, I pray for breakthrough to happen in the hearts and lives of your people like never before. God, I pray that there will just be a transformation that takes place. God, I pray that they, if they have never encountered your love, that they will encounter your love tonight. God, they, they will encounter your love when they lay down their heads to go to sleep, that they will encounter you, Jesus, because they need a touch from you. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you son Jesus to die on a cross for, you, for us. God, I know that this life for you is not easy, but Lord, it makes life so much better. You allow us to get through the hard stuff. You allow us to get through the breakups. You allow us to get to the abuse that we've experienced. God, you help us, God, to overcome time and time again. And even when we fall short, Lord, you are always there to pick us right back up and say, I love you, child. And there's nothing that you could do that would ever separate me from loving you. And so, God, thank you that we truth tonight. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.